The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 42. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Hey everybody, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and the meanings that we can find in them. Today, we're discussing the two newest episodes of The Clone Wars by looking at episodes 9, Old Friends Not Forgotten, and episode 10, The Phantom Apprentice. And joining me on the panel today are, first up, Angela Cialana. Hey, Angela. What's up? How's it going, everybody? Going a bit stir-crazy, but that's where podcasting comes in. Second this evening, we have Mike Creevy. Hi there, Mike. Hey, I'm excited to talk about these ones. Thomas Sanherjo, welcome aboard again. Hello, everyone. Looks like we got a full house tonight. Yes. (laughs) Of course, last but certainly not least, Andrew Hermes. Hello, guys. It's good to be back, especially for uh, these two episodes. Absolutely. So... Um, there's a lot going on in these episodes, so let's just kind of jump right in. First of all, of course, uh, what is your initial impressions? And have at it. I'm seeing all the faces. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I I, I was, I, I, you you knew, you knew that the series was going to be, was going to end on a note that didn't fit because it it runs into Revenge of the Sith. You know, you you knew that there was going to be like, this kind of exasperated sigh at the end of the series where it's like, it's not done. And man, it was even, it was even bigger than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, I was um, blown away. Um, and I just, I kept saying uh, right after it, I, I was talking to my wife about it. Um, Cause she wasn't watching it with me, but I just kept saying star Wars at its best mm. was, was really my summary. It was on such a grand scale. Uh, I think that's why everybody kept saying the cinematic and mm-hmm. just felt like I was watching a Star Wars movie and not a Star Wars TV show. Um, I one thing that I really loved about this was a lot of hero shots that we got. Mm. Um, like especially the one that pops in my mind is um, the Obi Wan one at the very beginning, where close up on on Obi Wan uh, right at the at the the start of that battle, and then also of course. Uh, Ahsoka with the mm-hmm. flames behind her mm-hmm. and she has her lightsabers and this is so cool. So yeah, very epic and grand in scale. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, we were talking about this before we started recording uh, the first frame, you know, being a Lucasfilm limited production, you know, that same graphic from 1977 that started all off that just, I think is a good representation of again, how cinematic these these episodes are and and what and how they're going to close off uh the clone wars series and yeah i don't think it's a stretch to say um that these are probably the two in my opinion best episodes of clone wars ever and they just happen to be back to back and 
obviously we're going to get into it, but for, for my money, this is the best Star Wars that we've had in a while. It, it kind of satisfied the itch that I was hoping Rise of Skywalker would have. Um, so it's it's easing that a little bit. And, you know, it just took me back to, I haven't felt this great about Star Wars since uh, watching Force Awakens, to be honest. So this was, uh, this, this was a pleasant surprise, even knowing how epic, you know, we thought it would be, it, it would even uh, exceeded expect- expectations. Yeah, the, the word that I wrote down was awesome. Um, <laughs> just, I mean, I, I couldn't really, uh, you know, find a better term for it. Uh, I agree with Angela. It it feels like a movie. It feels like these are part one, part two, part three, part four of, you know, a two hour long movie. And I think the the Lucasfilm Limited logo right at the beginning and even the fact that there was no fortune cookie. Um, there was, uh, a, it was kind of a red Star Wars yeah. logo instead of the normal it, yellow. It was the Clone Wars. It was the, 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 the Clone Wars, uh, well, the Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith. That, mm-hmm. It yep. was right. that, that yeah. logo just like that. So we're yep. moving into that time period. Um, did you also notice that the music was not the normal mm-hmm. intro, mm-hmm. but it was John Williams's original score for it. Yeah. So all of those things are clearly tying it to, uh, Revenge of the Sith. And then I would just throw out there, too, I was noticing someone pointed out on IMDb that both of these episodes, in fact, The Phantom Apprentice is ranked number four out of all TV episodes ever rated from all time, with the caveat that um, these every episode to get on this rank has to be rated at least a thousand times. And so some of them that are higher have been rated um, upwards of 15,000 times. The Phantom Apprentice was rated up roughly two to three thousand times so drastically less votes but still it's like 9.9 and above so it's ranked number four and then um old friends not forgotten is ranked number 23 currently on that list of all episodes from all time so i think the the world concurs that this is these are some (laughs) some pretty awesome episodes um so with that we will jump into our our discussion uh with the with the recap and of course like we know we like we noted noted it opens up uh not typically clone war style but uh with with kind of the the original John Williams score and and tied uh very clearly to Revenge of the Sith and so we're taken out to this uh this the outer rim on Urbana where commander Cody is in desperate need of reinforcements. And we have this very comical, uh, fight scene kind of play out between, um, Obi-Wan arriving and he's trying to, trying to help. And he's kind of, uh, you know, pushed back behind all the, all the debris and, and then Anakin shows up quite, uh, arrogantly. Uh, but he's, in fact, I thought it was really funny. I even noted noted it in my notes that, I mean, he's so arrogant at that point, but like fun arrogant that like he just like moves his head to the side to dodge a, a blaster bolt. Why are you hiding down there, master? <laughs> yeah, right. There's only a thousand droids down there tops. You know, he's like, he's like, Rex and I are finished with our battle. We thought we'd come help you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so he, yeah, comes in, has a plan. And Obi-Wan uh, reluctantly lets him uh, take take the command and he walks right across the bridge with uh, no lightsaber, no nothing, and um, broadcasts to the droids that he's going to surrender. And of course, this is all just a ruse to draw out the tactical droid. Um, and of course, the, the, the low battle droids have, they're, they're gullible. Did you guys get um, episode eight feels from this 
scene because I did. Yeah. I, I felt like mm. it was that scene where um, Luke is coming out on a crate, right? And um, mm-hmm. he's walking out by himself, you know, um, and then everybody says, you know, draw the fire on him. And mm. and so just those two little beats, it really um, struck me as, you know, um, we're, we're definitely focusing on Anakin's character mm. and his change in, of course, going to the dark side and just has kind of that same beat also with um, mm-hmm. episode eight. So I thought that was really neat. I don't know if that was intentional. Maybe it was, but um, yeah. And especially with all the other guys, you know, hiding behind kind of in the trenches. So he is uh, the father of Luke. So maybe right. they share a, a ship, similar ship off the old block. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, so he, he manages to draw out that, that tactical droid and uh, we, we see that Rex and all his troopers are, are hiding out underneath the bridge and waiting for, uh, waiting for that ruse to play off. And uh, they come out and, and manage, of course, to completely obliterate the tactical droid and, and all the, all the, all the droids and, and Anakin again, kind of struts about that, that he, he had the plan to, to, to you know, finish the fight really quick. And, uh, there's a, there's a fun line too, that, that Obi-Wan says to Cody as all of, of Rex and his troopers are fighting. Obi-Wan turns to commander Cody and says, yes, Cody, you can join in the fun as well. Go go join the fight. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't want your kids to miss out. (laughs) Right. Um, and then uh, of course, immediately the, the action takes a a different turn. Uh, we're going to get into the, to the meat of the episodes and Anakin is being summoned by someone using the subspace, subspace, uh, frequency fulcrum. And I believe this is the first time we've heard of fulcrum mentioned in Clone Wars, right? Have we heard of it before? Yes, I, I believe. I think this is it. Yeah, and yeah. then and then he mentions Saw Gerrera yep, immediately right. afterwards too, which was Who's still I thought quite those were young. both great nods. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So th- so that at least points out a few things that Saw Gerrera has been using that that code name, and Anakin has known about it, but mm-hmm. uh, of course it's not Saw Gerrera who's calling, but it's <clears throat> it's Ahsoka, and she of course carries that mantle of fulcrum into Star Wars Rebels which is a really cool tie-in. But that's enough to get Anakin's attention, and so they go and, and hear... Uh, they, they go to receive this transmission from Ahsoka, and Ahsoka uh, pops up um, in front of Anakin and Obi-Wan and quickly lays out that uh, she and Bo-Katan have located Darth Maul and they have the opportunity to capture him. And then we have a, an interesting dialogue happening between uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan and that I, I kind of wanted to, I pointed out in my notes that uh, he, Anakin seems to be trying to make sense of, of why Ahsoka left. And he makes mm-hmm. the comment, he says, uh, it all makes sense. If Ahsoka hadn't left the order, then she wouldn't have been where she needed to be. And Obi-Wan is like, well, that's one way to look at it. But <laughs> it, it, it kind of raises the whole debate between fate and free will or in kind of the Catholic world, divine providence and free will. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thought that was kind of a a fun thing to to at least kind of draw it a little bit um, because Anakin probably doesn't want to fully believe that Ahsoka chose freely to leave the Jedi Order, but he's trying to say that fate caused her to leave so she would be where she was in order to potentially capture Darth Maul. You know, when actually it was really, she was free to choose to to leave that that path um, of the Jedi Order. 
Um, and so we would, you know, kind of point out that she was completely free, but divine providence also, if we can say that in the, in the realm of star Wars, you know, is, is put her in a place where she needed to be, to do some good, to help bring justice, hopefully to, to Darth Maul. Well, it's kind of tragic too, because you can see the seeds of with him, the same reasoning where he's going to be able in short order here to pretty easily run down this rabbit hole in his mind of how he's sort of faded yep. down the path he's going to mm -hmm. go down kind of applying the same logic so i couldn't help but notice that in his his clear like the whole attachment thing um mm -hmm. again bearing out like it has with you know, about satine you know and padme the, that whole thing between the difference with obi-wan and, and anakin so yet another one of those i thought was just an interesting connection there Mm -hmm. And since we're on that topic, you know, Darth Maul also tells Ahsoka in the next episode, um, what was that? Every every choice that you've made has yeah. led you to this uh, has moment. led you to right. this moment. <laughs> yeah. And mm -hmm. so it's basically that same idea that, um, you know, that this is your fate type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess we heard that also in episode eight, did we, with Ray and Kylo Ren? where he was trying to like convince her. I don't know. I'd have to go back and, and watch, but, um, and there's a lot of implication towards that. in the, the, the destiny thing, like yeah. the emperor right. says, Snoke says, right. they always, you know, it's your destiny. Mm -hmm. It's your yeah. destiny. It's like, yeah. So I'm wondering, like you don't have a choice. How? Yeah. I, I think, um, we, we don't hear that too, too much on the Jedi side necessarily. Right. Um, so yeah, that is interesting. That whole concept of, you know, free will versus, uh, what has been, you know, I guess the Jedi are a little bit um, obsessed with the the prophecy, you know, of mm -hmm. <laughs> the chosen one. But um, that seems to be more of a distraction than um, really what they need to be concerned about. Well, and even Luke, I mean, I'm jumping around here too, but, but like in like in Rise of Skywalker, you know, when he brings up with Rey's destiny, it's not so much like you don't have a choice. It's It's like encouragement you know you that we're with you to make this choice you know that but that's you have to do it you know we can't do mm -hmm. it for you and and so there it's yeah it's a little different you know it emphasizes that freedom more that it it's not just freedom like it it's rooted in something bigger you know that there is a, a bigger will but it's not mm -hmm. something that's just like sucking you into it like you can't mm -hmm. <laughs> resist it right well i think there's the, there's two ways there's two ways to look at this that are really interesting because it's uh, the Jedi are always very much about being in the moment, being present. And if you listen to Yoda, you know, Yoda's, Yoda's like, stop focusing on your past. You can't really rely on what you're what the force is telling you about the future. You just need to be here. You know, you need to stop worrying about everything else and be here right now. Whereas the Sith seem to live in everything but the present you know the there's uh right. they're watching the future destiny it's my destiny it's the path that's chosen for me or they're obsessed about something that happened to them in the past and you see that here with with maul through these two uh episodes that um you know he's obsessed with the fact that he was removed from the this position of being apprentice and he's also trying to get revenge or or you know move forward and, and kill the person who's going to become the new apprentice so he's looking ahead as well but he's never right where he is which is with ahsoka in this moment to be able to to see where she is and that's what's great about ahsoka is that she's not concerned about all of that other stuff she's very much present right where she is and she's not concerned with destiny but uh she's also not like trying to force her will onto anything she's just making the best decision that she can right where she is and that's what obi-wan is doing um going mm -hmm. back to the the plot of this episode 
that he is very aware that his feelings will distract yeah. him and cloud his judgment, um, especially when it comes to Maul. And so he um, he's great at being unattached from that situation. He's very wise. And you can see that in him. And you can see that clearly in Ahsoka. She's very focused. She's like, Anakin, we'll catch up later. You know, but Anakin looks very hurt. He, he looks like he mm -hmm. wants to have that conversation now about, well, why did you leave? How are you? What's going on? And, um, you know, it's that whole concept of being attached and, and yeah, having your mind in, in other places. Well, and I, and I like what you, what you mentioned about it. it just, it prevents them from, from being in the present moment. And I mean, even just on a, on a human level for, for us, it's, um, you know, you can't, you can't live in the past or in the future. And if you do that, you're going to miss out on, on the present. And, and I always like, uh, you know, just, it's kind of a, uh, small little kind of wordplay, but you know, God is the God who says that I am not, I was, or I will be, but he's, you know, the God of, of, he's God of all eternity, of course, but he's, he very much is present right here, right now. And that's, that's of course what, what we have to focus on. So Ahsoka is a great mirror against um Anakin but also against Darth Maul in, in these mm -hmm. in these episodes. Um so so yeah so uh, Ahsoka does uh, arrive and gets to to meet up with with Anakin and Obi-Wan and yeah quickly kind of discusses the issue at hand which is Maul and and not so much on on what happened or anything. And Bo-Katan is there and and says that Maul is on Mandalore and she requests the public uh, the the Republic to send forces so that they can have the numbers for a siege of Mandalore in order to capture Maul and prevent him from escaping. And they move off. Anakin and Ahsoka, after that initial kind of conversation, do finally get a moment to to reconnect when things are sort of quiet. And he has a surprise for Ahsoka, which was which was really touching. Um, couple couple surprises. Uh, the first one would be is that he takes her to the hangar bay where uh, Rex and his troopers have all painted their helmets to match Ahsoka's face coloring um, out of honor and respect for her. I cried. I'm not I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> I wasn't sobbing, but yeah. it, was, it was touching. Well, and, and I think that's that was probably exactly the, the, the impact that they were hoping that it would make because mm -hmm. it shows the how far they've come from this, the first of the season when Ahsoka is you know, a young Padawan who doesn't know anything and Rex, you know, doesn't trust her and, and how their whole relationship has grown. And it's so heart wrenching when you're like, oh, there's they're just yeah. moments away from yeah. the betrayal. And it's like, yeah. Oh. yeah. And even Anakin says that line, loyalty means everything to the clones. Yes. And I'm just like, yeah. no. <laughs> oh, God. It, it felt sort of like a ticking time bomb. Because mm -hmm. we all know what's going to happen. We we all know that that especially at this exact moment, um, once once she has seen all the the clone troopers and has that moment moment with Rex, Obi Wan rushes in and announces announces that the Separatists are attacking Coruscant, and so we know mm -hmm. that exactly this is right before Revenge of the Sith begins, and Order sixty six is just approaching really quickly. So. Yeah, it, it, and and to to watch these episodes and to yeah not know when that bomb is going to drop is going to be yeah heart wrenching. 
So Obi-Wan rushes in and announces that the Separatists are attacking Coruscant and that they, him and Anakin and the troopers have to go. And we had a very awesome Ahsoka moment there where she basically points out to them that this is exactly why people have lost faith in the Jedi is because they're going to help the Chancellor, but Bo-Katan and her people are going to be completely ignored. That's well, not, didn't, that's didn't not being fair. I'm yeah, not exactly. trying to be fair. <laughs> that's <laughs> a great line. That's ass, man. <laughs> but I was just going to say, it reminds me of like sometimes when I would yell out to my mom sometimes, like, isn't that fair? She's like, life isn't fair. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, come on. Like Ahsoka's twisting it around on Obi-Wan. He's supposed to be the one who says that to her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's Anakin who has kind of the level-headed idea on what to do next. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. they, yeah. uh, he, he suggests that they divide the 501st and promote Rex to commander. And Ahsoka can be his advisor and they can all go help Bo-Katan uh, on Mandalore. And Obi-Wan has a great line here that they bring up a few times. But he says, <laughs> I fought Maul once. Better to capture him. He doesn't seem to stay yeah. dead. <laughs> ain't that the truth which is yeah <laughs> you know i was i was thinking ahead of time i mean i'm sure everyone else was too i was i didn't really expect them to necessarily say it but i was i was kind of thinking like what would obi-wan's advice be you know like don't mm. cutting him in half doesn't work you know so <laughs> he did it, i just died i wrote down like he made my joke sort of <laughs> like, i love it <laughs> well and for for anyone who hasn't yet you have to go hunt down the the final battle between those two because Mm-hmm. It is a very intense moment, and it's probably one of my favorite lightsaber fights um, yeah. it, yes. it, out of the entire Star Wars canon. Uh, and it's like three strikes. It's, it's literally just you blink and you'll miss the entire <laughs> thing. But that's what a lightsaber fight should be able to be. It, it should be that <laughs> and should be beautiful. And I'm not saying anything bad about the lightsaber fight we got in these two episodes because it was amazing. But... It, you, the the story is so important to making mm-hmm. the lightsaber fight work. And if you haven't seen the end of the Obi-Wan Maul conflict, you need to go hunt it down and find it because it is really amazing, an amazing piece of cinematography. I was just going to say, if you just watch the movies, you miss all of this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So. And it, it, you know, I mean, it. you can watch just the movies and not get into any of this, but I just feel like it, I, I don't know want to say I was skeptical at first when they brought him back, but it just, I think, I think a lot of people probably were because it was so unexpected, you know, mm-hmm. there were even jokes online about like he comes crawling out. I don't, I don't know what it was, <laughs> how it should have ended maybe or something. And he crawls up to like the, the, the funeral scene in episode one and like, you know, the emperor, you know, he's like, are we going to find out who the, uh, the master is? And he crawls right to Palpatine. He's like, master. And he's looking around like, uh, you know, and he's like, how did you survive? He's like, I was saved by fans, you know, and it's just, <laughs> but, but, but to turn it into like some 30 year rivalry. You know, mm-hmm. between, yeah. it really works. And, and it's it's just I'm loving seeing this kind of linchpin come together that, that we were missing this whole time because of stuff. Mm-hmm. He is mm-hmm. such a pivotal character yeah. in Star yeah. Wars now. He's yeah. touching every property, really. Right. You, yeah. And you see you see that. Yeah. That's what I thought. That's exactly what I thought when I saw the two of them in the in the throne room and they're facing off. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my gosh. Like <laughs> you, you talk about shadow players like yeah. these two guys right here. This is this is the major behind the scenes yeah. have changed everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you just watch the movies, I mean, Darth Maul has what, like two lines in, in, yeah. in Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah. And and hearing him go like some pretty long monologues that were that were brilliantly written and and you see his motivations and and like the struggle he's going through, you know he's he, he was really a one note character in Phantom yeah. Menace, but yeah, seeing it now and this is the best mall like mm-hmm. that oh, we've yeah. had so far. I mean, better than what what we've seen 
from previous Clone Wars episodes and and in Rebels. I mean, this is this is the best Maul that we've gotten so far, and and you're getting the best of all the characters. Honestly, this is the best mm-hmm. Ahsoka's been. This is the best Anakin. I mean, you can even argue this is. I mean, I don't think it's that much of an argument to say this is the best Anakin that we've got. Period. Um, right. <laughs> so, cause you're getting the, you're getting, you know, the, the, the cockiness that you were mm-hmm. talking about and he's hilarious and <laughs> you're, you're getting the, the little hints of this is all going to go to real, like yeah, yep. real quick. And, 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 you, and see, you see that he's this bratty kid that's never grown up, but he's become more powerful, you know? And that's like, you, you, you watch him through the Clone Wars and you see a lot of that, but they wrote it so well into these two episodes that you just see that, you see that bratty kid from Tatooine, <laughs> uh, you know, just, <laughs> still there yeah <laughs> this is pod racing well and it just adds so much depth to the movies mm-hmm. yeah, especially yeah. especially two and three where you just it otherwise it just feels so disjointed almost mm-hmm. have any of you yeah. guys got a chance to watch episode three around this time because I, I i really want to do that now in the wake of this oh mm-hmm. yeah definitely yeah quarantine life you've got you've got <laughs> yeah, right sometimes <laughs> they're to, all to there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so moving on uh anakin also then has the other surprise for ahsoka is that he has her lightsabers and he gives them back to her um but of course they're they're better now they're blue yeah. <laughs> i noted in my notes here that uh you can also hear yoda's theme playing in the background when she receives her lightsabers mm-hmm. back uh, I found a, yep. I found a lot of those musical cues throughout these. That oh yeah, I thought was mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, we missed one just before this too. When they were talking about Maul, there was uh, you could hear the duel of the fates start to yeah, play in the right. background. That's right. Talking about Maul, very cool. Yeah, these are so tied to the movies that way. It's it's awesome. Um, so Anakin and Ahsoka do bid farewell to each other, and Anakin goes off to to help the Chancellor, and Ahsoka and Rex head out to to Mandalore. But she says to him, "Good Here, luck." Go yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, we gotta luck. talk about the good luck thing. There's no may the force be yeah. with you. There's good luck, yeah. and that, that was a great that was a great play on the two of them. Yeah, and that might that might very well be the last time they're in the same room together. I mean, until later on. Until oh yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. never mind. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, as Anakin and Ahsoka, yeah. I mean, before before everything goes to yeah. Yeah. yeah, but um, but yeah, that's that. You notice in that scene, you know, that good luck. There was kind of like a, a look on Anakin's face. Like for a split second, I mean, at least to me, maybe maybe I was just seeing it in my head, but <laughs> there was a little like, uh, you know, I might not, I might not be the the guy that you once knew, you know, the next time we see each other. There was kind of hints of that, and also in Ahsoka's face, like when she looked at Anakin, like even though she obviously she hasn't found out everything from Maul yet, that's what we're gonna see later, but she kind of looked a little worried, you know, after mm-hmm. that um, goodbye or good luck or premonition. So Ahsoka and Bo-Katan and Rex are all headed headed to Mandalore, and as they're approaching, uh, Prime Minister Almec contacts them and demands to know the meaning of the invasion, and uh, Bo-Katan, very clearly not her sister, Duchess Satine, uh, tells him point-blankly that she knows he's Maul's puppet, and even though she's going to be breaking all these treaties... Um, and will probably be seen as an enemy in the eyes of of the people. She's she's not going to stop and let up, and she goes gung ho into this into this fight. I feel like Bo became a really great character in in mm-hmm. Star Wars just through this one episode. I mean, we've seen her in other episodes, of course, but we really got to see her character more in this episode, and I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Yeah, because we've just seen her more or less as a member of Death Watch, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. even though that's sort of, she mentioned in the last episode that, that that's death watch is no more, but yeah, she's, and she, and she features very prominently in rebels. Yep. Um, yep. But which I have some questions about too, with some of those Mandalorian connections, but that's another day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this was really like a big launch point, I think for her. So they uh, launch their attack on Mandalore, and uh, we also then get a, a brief moment of Ursa Wren. She mm-hmm. she contacts Bo-Katan and, and tells her that she knows that Maul hasn't left the city, and she knows that Saxon is assembling his troops to attack. Um, so that was a, a nice cameo that, of course, Sabine Wren's mom. So they fight their way to the surface, which was a, a really cool uh, kind of a, a scene with Ahsoka and Rex and Bo-Katan, <laughs> uh, lots of lots of jetpack fighting as they're trying to get to the except surface. Except for Ahsoka, except who doesn't yeah. need a jetpack. <laughs> 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 but that was that was really funny because Rex tells her like, "I'm sorry, I don't have a, a jetpack for you," and she just kind of is like, "Well, I'll race you to the surface," <laughs> um, which she of course wins. So they they do manage to fight their way down to uh, the surface and enter into the city. And Saxon escapes into the Undercity. And Bo-Katan heads to the throne room to deal with the Prime Minister and tells Ahsoka to go find Maul. At which point, Ahsoka heads down into the Undercity and uh, her her troopers are down there. And Captain Vaughn tells her that uh, he saw Gar Saxon escape into the the tunnels and that he was quite in a hurry. And so he suspects that, uh, you know, Maul might be down there. And so Ahsoka goes in after him and Bo-Katan charges into the throne room and fights her way to Almec. And after a, a very brief fist fight, she captures him and Almec tells her that Maul wanted to bring the Jedi here, although Bo-Katan brought the wrong one. So we already know mm. that, you know, there's this was this was actually playing right into Darth Maul's uh, plan all along. And, of course, Bo-Katan realizes that it's a trap and tries to warn Ahsoka and can't get a hold of Ahsoka. And she's continuing down into the tunnels and, of course, gets surrounded by by Saxon's troops. And Darth Maul walks in and confronts her. And, of course, then mentions that he was hoping for Kenobi. So by this point, the Maul design on the Mandalorian helmets we've seen and mm-hmm. uh apparently on starwars.com they said they during production they called them maldalorians uh <laughs> i've seen the hashtag <laughs> yeah and uh i thought that was kind of neat because of what the clone troopers had done with their helmets so you mm-hmm. kind of see like the opposite on mm-hmm. the other side um and another thing that i was thinking at this point in the episode was Oh my gosh, it's Mandalorians and tunnels. Like this seems so familiar because of the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of nods all over the place in this in these couple of episodes, definitely. Was anyone else waiting for some Mandalorian to tell Ahsoka this is the way? Missed opportunity. Seriously, wow. <laughs> Trying to find it. This is the way. Like, oh man. That would have been too on the nose, don't <laughs> you think? <laughs> Uh, I thought it was I thought it was really interesting here when when you're talking about Maul. Maul's whole gambit here was to try and attract Obi-Wan. And and from Maul's perspective, he's like how could you resist this opportunity? I've set it up so well, you know, th- there's no way that Obi-Wan's not going to come. But you know, Angela it goes back to what you were talking about earlier where Obi-Wan's 
finally like leveling off and making some really solid uh, level-headed decisions uh, about what he's doing and where he's needed and where he's supposed to be. And, um, you know, he could have very easily gone, no, we need to go get Maul. That's, that's definitely an important part of it. But he, he says, no, this is, it's more important for us to go back and follow the, what, you know, what the council is saying and go back to Coruscant. Especially if he wanted to get revenge for mm-hmm. Duchess Satine, yeah. which he chooses not to do. And nobody knows how challenging of a foe Maul is than Obi-Wan. And yet he's so right. cool. Like he's leaving, he's just like, you know, his little advice again to Ahsoka, like, oh, try to capture him. You know, like he knows what she ha- what she's up against. And he's like, doesn't seem to have that big of a problem. You know, he's not like the dad, like behind the training wheels, kind of like, OK, easy. It's like, no, you go ahead and you're going to go fight this dude and capture him. And I have to go do this thing. <laughs> it's like, OK. I also love um, Sam Witwer's portrayal of Maul mm. so mm-hmm. and that comes more into play in the next episode and and there's a few other random things I'll point out as we go along too but so was there anything else on on that first episode that you guys wanted to to bring up yes I had written down um from the Clone Wars download they mentioned or it wasn't the download it was starwars.com episode guide that uh Kanan Jarrus is actually makes a cam- cameo in the very beginning of this episode, right. when they're recapping, uh-huh. that he is um, Caleb Doom, his actual name. And he's this little kid. You can see him. He's like this little kid, Padawan, <laughs> standing next to his master, Depa Baliba. So, so I thought cool. that was really cool. That's really neat. Yeah. <laughs> and he really became one of my favorite characters, yes. you know, through Rebels. It's really cool that they can do that because they sort of took this break. And they did mm-hmm. all of Rebels yeah. first, and then they're coming back to finish this. Just makes it a more coherent galaxy. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked for then Rebels to be like, I was that kid in the, <laughs> in the flashback. <laughs> right. or, you know, was, yeah, like, <laughs> 10 years ago. Like, okay. <laughs> right. Cool. Well, jumping then into part two, uh, we kind of mentioned before that, that this one opens up uh, with no recap. And really no introduction at all, but it's sort of just a straight continuation of the previous episode, which, again, adds to that cinematic experience that this is one complete story. It's it's a movie in four parts, which is which is really cool. And so we pick up right where Darth Maul is is encountering Ahsoka and remarks that he doesn't know her. And I (laughs) have you guys seen The Incredibles? Yes. And I and Recently I and I as well. <laughs> in fact, I just saw it last week with my family. But one of the things that I kept thinking about, and I sh- and Maul does it well, but like he's monologuing, like mm-hmm. Ma- and like he keeps he's such a dramatic character, yeah. though, right? Yeah. So, yeah, but he's also he's also he's also sizing her up. Yeah, you know, and that's and and we see that he sizes her up to a point where he's like, wait a minute, I don't have to go back and be Sidious's apprentice. And and that's kind of the crux of this episode is that you see him evolve from just wanting to kill Skywalker to get back at Sidious to going, wait a minute, I can, I can take Sidious. I could become the next Sith mm-hmm. master and have my own Padawan and I can do this. Like this actually works. Let the past die. Darn it, Kylo. That whole mentality, you know, and, and I love like, I'm reminded too, I'm a big fan of the, I'm a big fan of the, um, uh, the the pitch meeting 
you know, things mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah. is it Ryan George? I guess, is that his name? I think on screen rant that does those. And he's, I love when he throws in quite a bit and he was like, and then he's just going to show up and dump a whole bunch of exposition. Yep. <laughs> and so, but, but the way he does it, I love, you know, those little things that just give you that delightful little, like, oh my gosh, like it's coming up when he's like, oh, the, you know, the moment may be upon us. And you're like, oh yeah. no, he knows what's happening. <laughs> yeah. And he's, and he's like paranoid, you know? Yeah. And it, yeah, um, he, but he, but he even has that line. I just want to say real quick, because Thomas, this reminded me, I wrote it down here. Um, it connects to what you were saying earlier about like their focus on, you know, future and past and, and not being in the present so much. Cause he says that thing about like, um, like I can thrive in the chaos that will come, mm-hmm. you know, so he's already getting that, that mentality that, you know, we, when we see him in solo, like he's what, you know, 10 years into that game plan mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, you know, he's already like, how can I make the most of this for my own gain? I was impressed with just how much Darth Maul knew. I mean, so he he very clearly at this point, he points out that, you know, he, he could surrender, but it would be pointless because the Jedi and the Republic aren't going to be controlling the galaxy, but that it's going to be Darth Sidious. And and even later on, he, he kind of lays out that they're just they're just pawns in this greater plan. And so mm-hmm. he he, uh, he knows a, he kind of has put together all those pieces and even the, the force vision. Um, but what's what's essential at that point is that he at least reveals to Ahsoka that uh, that Darth Sidious is going to be the one controlling the galaxy. And uh, they they kind of briefly fight as Rex is coming in to 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 save Ahsoka. But Darth Maul kind of mentions not yet and pushes her mm-hmm. and runs away. Um, so. So, yeah, he's sort of got this. Like and and they they mention it later on um, that he's like got this sense of dread about him, but he like knows it's coming, but doesn't quite know when. But he knows that it's not yet, and so now's not the time. And pushes Ahsoka, and and he runs off into the tunnels. It's a little bit reminiscent of when we first saw him come back, where he was like this insane character right. with spider legs, you yeah. know mm-hmm. that that kind of um, just uh, I don't know the attitude. Obviously, he's kind of straightened up since then, but it it was almost like he was sort of teetering on the edge a little bit. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I felt very much that he was sort of unstable. Yeah. Well, I think he he really does a great job of embodying the dark side of the force. Right. The fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate, and and that that whole descent into into madness and. You know, where I, I, the characters that we think of when we think of the, of the dark side of the force are like Darth Vader, who's just collected and calm and, and methodical and cold, or Sidious, who's just this megalomaniac. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I, Maul represents that other kind of frenetic energy that you can get from, the, from just raw emotion, like pushing you through everything that you do. Mm-hmm. And so there are times where he's like terrified and there's times where he's incredibly angry, but he's always, he's always responding to whatever his emotion is pushing him to. He sort of thrives on chaos, I think is even how they kind of described it at one point, but yeah. And he's got, I mean, he's got the face of, of evil too, (laughs) you know, just his look is, is crazy. Um, so he, he escapes into the undercity and Ahsoka regroups with Bo-Katan um, in the throne room and they are on a, a hologram transmission with, with Obi-Wan and Ahsoka is, is telling them that about Darth Sidious and, and Obi-Wan reveals what the, the Jedi council suspects that Darth Sidious is the Sith Lord who orchestrated the Clone Wars from the beginning. 
Um, I thought that was <laughs> quite on the nose. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that they that he was even or that the Jedi Council was aware of of that. Um, however, Darth Sidious is kind of looking at them right in the face, and they're not seeing Palpatine. But uh, he learned uh, that, of course, Obi Wan learned the name from Count Dooku. And it's at that point that he reveals that they won't really be able to use Count Dooku to understand things anymore because Count Dooku is now dead um, because Anakin killed him. And he reveals that he is being sent by the council to hunt down Grievous on Utapau. And so that gives us another clue as the timeline of all of this, that this is again happening right right in the middle of, of Revenge of the Sith. And he uses like almost exactly the same wording. You get the impression he had just talked to Anakin of the whole mm-hmm. like, you know, that little line about, uh, you know, he stayed in power long after his term. You know, mm-hmm. it's like almost mm-hmm. identical, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, you can see Obi-Wan just, yeah, like in real time, just putting the pieces together and then and, and, and really allowing himself to to think about like, oh, wow. Yeah, like Anakin killed, you know, Count Dooku. And you can see the disappointment as he's saying that. Right. You know, mm-hmm. as he's saying it. And, and it's. It reveals a lot, and and you're starting to see, even though Obi Wan is calm and collected, and as Obi Wan is, those little moments kind of show you that he's he's kind of putting it all together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and you guys remember because I was just thinking, he killed Count Dooku right after Obi Wan was knocked out, who then wakes up in the in the you know the elevator shaft. And he's like, did I miss something? So mm-hmm. I've always been like. He didn't. I'm pretty sure Anakin wasn't quick to be like, "Yeah, Master, the thing is, I <laughs> killed him when he was unarmed and, and anger." Right. You know, it's always. I've always felt like it's. They don't really show it, but you get the impression it's like, "Yeah, I took him out when he was attacking <laughs> me, and it was war." You know. So, but you, yeah. you from this, I got the impression there is more of like a suspicion, suspicion. there. Obi Wan knows something's yeah. off. But this is also th- something that has been that has come up in the Clone Wars. I remember one mm-hmm. of the other episodes that we had reviewed where. And I and I forget which episode it was, but but there's that point in it where Anakin just chooses to take out the the villain because they, they he does with with Duchess oh, Satine right. yeah when he right. uh, when he walks up behind the guy that's yeah. got Duchess Satine and um yeah they're trying to create the moral dilemma and Anakin yep. just does does what he sees as necessary he was gonna blow up the ship yeah yeah <laughs> so like and and again that's just that's awesome how it how it fills in all those gaps to to mm-hmm. see the Anakin from you know, episode one and two to episode three, that this is, this is a consistent character. So we, uh, at that point, yeah, we, we hear that, um, Obi-Wan tells Ahsoka privately that, that Anakin is, is put on special assignment to observe, uh, the Supreme Chancellor, um, because the council wants to know what his true intentions are. And Ahsoka, of course, recognizes that she disagrees with the council and knows that Anakin does too in that. And before they can really, do anything with that uh rex interrupts with the news that there's been another attack and ahsoka is is being uh called to to go help and we then switch to ahsoka arriving back in the undercity um wait can i ask a question real quick yeah sorry i want to ask a question um well okay so obi-wan in that conversation with with ahsoka says the council isn't always right right Mm -hmm. and then and then as they're parting uh, Ahsoka says, tell Anakin, and then she trails off, and Obi-Wan says, I will. So mm-hmm. what do you think she wanted to say? I was thinking about that. I wrote that down, and it was, yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know if I could think of exactly what she was trying to say. I mean, 
I think it's a combination of like telling, I don't know, be careful or don't fall for politics, you know, Palpatine's politics or whatever. I don't know. Like maybe she, she obviously knew, I mean, it's the Jedi force, whatever doing its, its thing. And, and there, there's something wrong about it. And that obviously they both uh, are kind of sensing. So I, I think she wanted to say something along those lines and, and I think Obi-Wan got it. And, you know, Obi-Wan, obviously we see with his, whenever he gives advice to, to uh, Anakin, especially in, in this sort of period of time, it's, it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to tell him, you know, just straight up, straight up. I'm just going to tell him what I think he should do, but he knows like Anakin is probably not going to listen. And, you know, his attitude, uh, you know, has become like very well. Okay. I'll, I'll try to do my best to kind of sort of, you know, like in the first episode, you know, with, with Anakin's plan, you know, uh, in the beginning, like obviously it ended up working, but Obi-Wan had that hesitation. So that, that's, that's kind of where he's at and, and for better or worse, I mean, ultimately ends up being for worse. But again, we're seeing Obi-Wan in this sort of like, just kind of being calm and collective and, and just doing, you know, uh, doing everything, uh, according to what the council wants and, and what he feels will, uh, what he feels is, is towards you know towards the the right path that was an intense moment and i like that they left i like that they put it in and i like that they left it unsaid those mm-hmm. those two things are both very significant and i think really they say a lot about the characters in there you know with with both obi-wan and ahsoka that they the you know like you're saying andrew they, they don't know what to do with anakin like they mm-hmm. they're not really sure I, I don't think Ahsoka has as clear a view as, as Obi-Wan does of what's going on. But at the same time, she's concerned for him and about him. Yeah, and I couldn't stop thinking about the entire scene in, in um, uh, Rebels when she you know, runs into him again. And it's just mm-hmm. this, this whole time like watching it, especially yeah. when she's in the throne room with Maul and she's talking about him. It's just like, oh, gosh, it's so gut-wrenching. And it makes that scene, that scene was gut-wrenching enough as it was. And now to, to see this happen, it's just like, oh man. But yeah, I like that they, I like that they put it in and I like that they left it unsaid. So both of those things. <laughs> I had a, a, a friend who uh, threw out the idea that it's, it's probably, it's probably whatever Finn was going to say to Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yeah no it is it's so like yeah gut-wrenching i think i I keep using that same phrase too it's yeah and my my thought uh my first thought was maybe there was some kind of inside joke that that i have missed uh in not seeing uh the clone wars but then but then the other thing that that's kind of come to me is it could also just be ahsoka wanting to convey to anakin to do what you feel is right even if it's not in line with what the jedi council would propose because that's Mm -hmm. That's what Ahsoka did when she chose to leave. Mm-hmm. And if and if Obi-Wan is recognizing that the Jedi Council isn't always right, maybe he is also recognizing that, you know, there's there's what's there's what's right, and then there's following orders that may not be right. Mm-hmm. And and right before this, wasn't he wasn't Obi-Wan asking Ahsoka to talk to Anakin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which so I don't know if that's ever even gonna happen. Yeah, right. So again, yeah, because I, I think that that good luck scene between uh, her and Anakin was probably the last time they had a uh, positive interaction. Cause we, yeah, we know what the next episode is going to entail. Mm-hmm. Angela, what did you think? I honestly had no idea. So that's why I was asking. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's like Thomas said, it's kind of intentionally vague. So back to the Undercity, uh, Soka uh, heads down there because she's been called on to, to help. Cause there was an attack down there. 
And she talks with one of the troopers named Sterling, who tells her that Maul attacked them and captured an ARC trooper named Jesse and has kept him alive. And we swap to Jesse encountering Maul, and Jesse vows that he's not going to tell Maul anything. And Maul... No, I, thought, I thought there was a really interesting thing here, too. The, the clone trooper says to them, he recognized that he was one of the older ones. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of laden meaning to that. Like, I know that, I know that the implication is that he's been around a while, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it almost felt to me like they were saying, oh, the older clones are, are fundamentally different somehow than the newer batch of clones. Like they're more pliable. Right. Like it would be easier for him to get information out of him. That and possibly even that they don't have Order 66 programmed into them. Hmm. Like they're not under this direct control of the Emperor. And so that's why Maul would specifically pick this this particular uh, generation of clone to grab because he could do something to this generation of clone. Uh, and there wasn't a protection there. Uh, or or it was one of the clones that was around when he was involved in the planning phases. And so he knew how to interact with them. Whereas, you know, after he's out of the picture, the new batch of clones after he's out of the picture is not something that he can interact with that way. So I, I thought that was that was really significant scene. Yeah, that's a good point. That might play into, you know, Rex taking the chip out because that's something coming up that we obviously know. So um, that, that that could play into that. And they don't really make it explicit why. He wanted right. he wanted right. him to be one of the older ones, but either way, he he very much is is going to get the information out of out of Jesse, uh, the way that he planned to, and um, he also begins to talk to Jesse um, about how even the clones were all part of the plan, and he says, you know, the plan that he wasn't even made aware of, but that he had to play his part. And that's where we kind of get a little bit more of the motivation of, of Maul himself, because he, he says that he was cast aside and forgotten after he played his part in this plan and that he now wants to thrive in the chaos that he knows is coming. And before then he probes Jesse's mind, he orders Saxon to go and take out the prime minister uh, before he tells Bo-Katan anything about, about what's going on. And I found it, I, I guess I wasn't sure, so I, I want your guys' opinion, but he, when he, he then probes Jesse's mind to get the information that he seeks, and his question is, or no, I guess I might understand this, but he's, his question is, who is Ahsoka Tano? Mm-hmm. And I guess my first, my first watch, I was unsure of why he was focused so clearly on her. Mm. Um, and I think kind of now, kind of talking through it a little bit more, and, and Thomas, your insight kind of i guess is putting that piece together for me is that if he wants to use her as an apprentice then he does mm-hmm. need to know who she is and um because really she she's not anakin or obi-wan or you know he's not pulling information about them but he's specifically looking into who ahsoka tano is right well, think about who his master was you know, sidious is always trying to use someone's weaknesses against them to mm-hmm. Uh, to manipulate them. And that, I think that was my interpretation of why he was asking who is Ahsoka Tano, because he wanted to know how to manipulate her in order to get mm-hmm. what he wanted. Yeah. And he's wondering like, okay, he had this grand plan to get Obi-Wan over there. It's like, okay, why is she here instead? Like, why did they send her? There's, there must be something special about this one. 
And of course, he, he, he even later on reveals that Obi-Wan was only, I think, really part of the plan to get Anakin there. Right. right. You know, to, to take out yeah. the, the groomed future apprentice of Sidious. Um, so Maul uh, interrogates Jesse and we go back to Bo-Katan and Ahsoka who are talking to, to Almec in his prison cell. And Almec reveals to them that, that Maul isn't trying to escape. Um, and in that, the most tedious way possible. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. He he then you know reveals at least that that Maul wanted Kenobi here and another person, and wants <laughs> to try to negotiate for that name that he just can't seem to remember. I was like, if this guy dies before he says Anakin, like I was gonna be really, <laughs> really annoyed. <laughs> it's like it's okay, just gonna keep wondering like who this other person is. It's like uh, Money Python, you know, as in the castle of yeah. ah, <laughs> must have died while carving it. <laughs> like, like, come on, say it. <laughs> Can I ask you guys? I have a question too because I don't, I don't really know this. This whole thing made me think, and I wrote a note on it. What are Sith visions? Like how, like how, because, you know, like the emperor talks about that, you know, like I have foreseen it. Vader tells Luke, you know, the emperor's first, like there's some kind of like prophetic, supposedly real thing that at least on a few occasions is right. So I I don't know. I, it's it's I, yeah. something that's <laughs> fundamentally different than what Jedi can do. And that's why, because yeah. um, when Yoda talks about visions of the future, he says that they're always clouded with emotion. Right. And um, so the Sith are actually able to cut through that because they're so in tune with the emotions that they can they can pick which emotions they want to look at while they're going through. And this is kind of a, a I don't know if it's still canon, but it was old canon. Huh. Um, and so the 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 actual Sith, like the the way back when there was a, a group of people that were called Sith, uh, mm -hmm. they could see the future and they could see the future clearly because they were they were so connected huh. with their emotions and the way that, that they could watch the path forward and then part of it is that the sith can see the way forward and and you kind of get the implication that it's because they can make the way forward right so they can oh okay you know they can they can yeah. see the emotional paths that are going to lead and then they can manipulate the path to, that they want and kind of follow down that path that they would like to happen by making this person angry or that person scared or however they want to do it huh. yeah um i i I remember in Rebels, there was a little bit of t discussion about that or illustration of that with um, Maul trying to make Ezra Bridger his apprentice. Right. And oh. um, so Maul had a vision ultimately that uh, I think Obi-Wan was going to be on Tatooine. And that was mm. kind of how that all cons uh, transpired. Um, was through some sort of, yeah, dark side vision. Um, but then also it had to do with the holocron that he had. Um, mm -hmm. So, but I think from all of that, what I had taken away with as far as the canon um, was that the, the dark side users can see the future, but I didn't, I didn't get the impression that it was set in stone or it was definitely what was going to happen but that they saw different, I guess, iterations of what could be. And right. yeah. And so then they, yeah. they could ultimately pursue what they wanted to, um, as a possibility. I mean, that, that can do a lot to explain how Sidious was so able to manipulate <laughs> everything. Cause he's playing on emotions 
throughout all of this constantly. Yeah. And I think that's, it's one of those things like if you were privy to the, to knowledge of the future, you might make decisions differently than you do. But at the same time, there's a lot of times where it would be just horrible to be, uh, to, to have that knowledge because you know that if you make this decision, yeah, it'll save your life, but it'll cost someone else theirs. Or, um, you, you know, not only the, not only the actions to take to get to what you want, but also the consequences that fall out, you know, it's that hindsight's 2020. Well, now you've got foresight and it's Mm -hmm. 2020 and you have to make the decisions that that will cost something along the way and the sith are willing to like take that step and mm. you know and cause all the havoc that they want as they're trying to get what they're after and i think that ties very clearly back into what we were talking about earlier about fate versus free will is that even though like darcidius can 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 see these visions of the future maul can doesn't mean that that's how exactly they will play out because darcidius mm-hmm. mm at the end of Rise of Skywalker, finally, finally meets his end. And that's obviously not what he would have, you know, not the path that he was trying to lay out in front of him. So even though he may have foreseen him and Ray joining, she chose differently. Kind of preserves free will in all of this too. Um, there was another cool moment there where, uh, so uh, Almec is shot by Saxon and, you know, as he's dying, he does reveal the name that uh, Darth Maul uh, that came to Darth Maul in the vision and, and uh, he says it was Skywalker and there was a subtle Imperial Imperial March theme right mm-hmm. at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so also, also really cool. Uh, Bo-Katan then immediately runs after Saxon and chases him. And there's this cool chase scene in an, in an elevator lift and, and they're, they're fighting on these lifts and, uh, Bo-Katan is pushed under a lift and she manages to to stop it with uh, her jetpack and uh yeah kind of a, a cool a cool little scene there. I was nervous because we already had at least one person killed by an elevator in this season. Yeah, <laughs> which we talked about in a previous episode. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not that. Well, but even like because we know that we knew that she was going to survive because we we've seen her yeah. in in yeah. Rebels. Uh even right. though like we know the outcomes of of the characters it still doesn't negate the the tension and the the emotional impact of what's happening you know in these episodes um so then we we swap back to darth maul who's currently in communication with the the crime lords that he's in charge of telling them to go into hiding um including dryden boss yes (laughs) so so yeah so crimson dawn was there um the pikes from the pike syndicate were also there the the first one, um, someone pointed out that that the species is a, one of the Fallenes, so they assumed that that was Black Sun. Mm-hmm. So, all three different crime syndicates. I thought it was cool that he didn't have a speaking part, and it was just like it was exactly what I guess I wanted. It's just like there he is, you know, yep, like yep. it's it's all real, you know. And it was a blink and you'll miss it kind of thing, but he had oh, yeah. very clearly it was Dryden Voss. Um. So then um, at that point, Maul uh, is talking to Saxon and Rook, Rook Cast and revealing that they liberated him from Sidious and Dooku. And um, this is a reference to events that are contained in the Son of Dathomir comic series. So I have not read that, but I know that that's where that's where that those events unfold. So if you want to go look those up. And there is there's some great. um I think it's like a you know Star Wars comics or something is is the name of the the YouTube channel. But I just watched the other day like f- four or five like really good like synopses of those 
um, that was really helpful in my kind of, you know, getting the storyline down, which I guess they did largely because they had punted or had to, you know, like not finish this show years ago. Um, and so it's neat because it was kind of cool. Like in the videos, the guy says at the end, like he says a few things like, it's just so unfortunate that they couldn't finish this, you know, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> now we can. Yep. Now it's going to yeah. be done. Yep. <laughs> Huzzah. And, I, and I think the Son of Dathomir series was originally meant to be Clone Wars episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so was Dark Disciple, which is a, a the novel mm-hmm. written by Christy Golden, which mm. probably both of those have have because they've changed mediums have a really cool uniqueness all on their own. But mm-hmm. um, so at that point, Maul sends Saxon and all his troopers uh, into battle against the Republic and promises that they will die as warriors if they if they go with him and um, they go all all off to battle. It is, he says, it. it is not the way of your people to hide here in the gutters. There you that go. That was like Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, you can just hear them all turn around to each other and say, this is the way. <laughs> we bump back to uh, Ahsoka and Bo-Katan and they are talking about how the occupation is, is, they don't want it to go on much longer and that. Bo-Katan isn't going to to tolerate it and the the clone troopers don't really want to be there acting as this police force anyway and um, they want to just capture Maul and then the F- Republic forces will leave and of course at that moment they're walking into the throne room and Maul is sitting on the throne <laughs> that's that's his yes. hero shot right there <laughs> oh my gosh that was a great scene. i mean talk about like just acting like you belong there oh like, yeah you know, just it's like the most ordinary thing up. in the world for yeah. zabrak to be on the throne and he's like yeah this is what i do <laughs> yeah uh, that was a great scene his decorum and then and then handing jesse back to him you know like oh yeah oh yeah. and uh, oh here yeah run along. go on go on run along <laughs> It's like, oh, who tells a clone to do that? No. <laughs> but even before that, Bo-Katan like starts to shoot at him and he just like uses the force to like just, just yeah. knock the blaster bolts away. Yeah. Yeah. They curve like it's not yeah. like they go really violently. It's just there. Eh, right. So, yeah, he he uh, sends uh, Jesse back to them and uh, the, the battle is starting outside and you can see all the explosions through the through the windows. And. Uh, so Bo-Katan runs off to to help with the battle outside, and Rex and Jesse are also headed out. Uh, Rex is to, uh, is taking Jesse out of out of harm's way, so we're left with Ahsoka and Maul in the throne room together. And so Maul starts talking to Ahsoka again, kind of laying out uh, again some of the things that are happening and comments that that he just sees himself as and Ahsoka as tools for these greater powers um mm-hmm. and again mentions that Darcidius is behind everything and he says he's in the shadows always um and uh, he blatantly tells Ahsoka that the Republic has already fallen as well and that Ahsoka just can't see it um and that the time of the Jedi has passed and here's now when he's trying to convince Ahsoka to join him and he says that the Jedi and the, the Republic can't defeat Sidious, but he says that if Ahsoka joins him together, they can defeat uh, Darth Sidious. Very reminiscent of Vader. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I just loved that you could see when Ahsoka was making this decision, she was, both she and Maul were so focused in on what was happening and what the possibilities might be. 
that there's this explosion of the glass there and they don't flinch an inch. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, wow, that's a great way to show and not tell, to Mm -hmm. show Mm -hmm. how tuned in they are at that moment. It was really cool cinematography. Yeah. 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 Beautiful thing. Just it felt like, you know, the emperor on the on the Death Star watching the battle in the background, trying to convince Luke to join him. It felt like Vader uh, trying to convince Luke. You know, it just it it went back to those really great Jedi moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The emperor trying to convince uh, Ray as well. Yeah. With seeing the Starfleet. Yeah. And everything's Mm -hmm. up. Yeah. But there was a bit of a subverting expectations, too, because I did not expect to hear Ahsoka say, I will join you. But and I forget how she phrased that exactly, but it was like, but you have to answer me one question. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when she wants to know why he wants Anakin. Yeah, that was an interesting uh, choice to make because she could have just jumped straight to the question. She didn't have mm-hmm. to you know, agree like to join him right away. It's like, yeah. That just shows you that she believes every word that he said. Okay, what he's saying is right. Darth Sidious is behind everything, and we're probably the only people powerful enough to stop him, and the Republic has, has fallen, and it's too late. You know, that kind of adds, like, like even though obviously she the ultimate question is about Anakin, it's like, okay, wow, does she really believe what Maul is saying when it comes to Anakin? Obviously, she denies it, but, you know, mm-hmm. how, how could she not? That might be just an emotional reaction, but maybe See? maybe she believes it. That's what I think. I think that um, the fact that Ahsoka does believe him and that she she's able to see so clearly that we see that she is very wise, I think, even at mm-hmm. this point in her life. Um, but the, the thing that she doesn't believe is the thing that is the person she's most attached to. And again, mm-hmm. we go back to that idea of having your your judgment clouded by your emotions that ultimately it's not until she really, uh, I think, encounters Anakin um, in Rebels where she has that forced vision and she realizes who he is and everything and I think it's not until that point that she really kind of makes the turn and she's able to finally let go of that mm-hmm. one thing that's been keeping her um, from being the Jedi she could be. So she refuses to believe Maul in his portrayal of Anakin as the groomed next apprentice of Darth Sidious. And so rather than join him, she begins to fight Maul instead. And so they have... Uh, this fight going on inside the throne room, um, all the while outside the the Republic forces um, are fighting uh, Saxon and all the, the all the Mandalorians, and Maul is thrown out of a, a window uh, by Ahsoka, and she chases him down, and he climbs up on what looks like this kind of scaffolding that's kind of high above the city, and um, like any good battle scene, there's there's mm. imminent danger of falling to your death. Uh, can i just say that i loved um uh maul's line oh you have kenobi's arrogance (laughs) (laughs) that was my favorite line from both of these um these episodes because i love that quality in obi-wan and i love that it just annoys darth maul so much um or maul (laughs) Um, but yeah, I just, yeah. I love that she totally embraced that. And she was like, ah, you'll, you'll find that I have many qualities that, you know, <laughs> what did he say? Like. Didn't he say he's on that catwalk and like the one, was it Saxon or someone calls yep. him and, he, and he's just like, no, he just, he's just like, die well, Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, Absolutely my not interested whatsoever in that yeah. culture. That it's just <laughs> so dismissive. I could not stop laughing. <laughs> well, and Ahsoka has another great line too. She she tells Maul, she goes, "Obi-Wan was right. You are difficult to kill." Yeah. Like, <laughs> so so they continue to fight on these on these high uh, scaffolding and um the Maul's ship arrives um and he tries to escape and Ahsoka knocks him down and in the the continued fighting Maul manages to knock away both of Ahsoka's lightsabers and almost knocks her off the platform but then we see Ahsoka for the powerful Jedi that she is and she totally holds her own and turns the tables on him and uh manages to knock him off off the scaffolding and holds him in the force from falling to his death in order that uh that Rex once they get there they can they can actually capture him. I did not expect her to catch him. I I really didn't. <laughs> I just thought he was going to get away. I don't know. Yeah, it was a it, it was an amazing end. And then and then his just his rage at his impotence at that point. Yeah. He's, he's powerless. He knows what's coming. We're all going to die. Terrified of it. Yeah. (laughs) And, and he, and he's, and like they, he completely changes his voice to that. The, the the acting on that, Mm -hmm. that you you feel just this, this horror come out of him in that moment. Like, and, and, and just seconds before that, he'd been saying, just let me fall to my death, you know? Yeah. And so like, he's actually fearing something worse than his own death at this point. And I, it, like, it was, it was intense. Because he was like Bill Paxton and aliens just yeah. losing it. And just, yeah. you're like, oh, man, we're it's like, calm down. Man. It's, it's over, man. I want to give Sam Witwer some kind of award for this because uh, I just yeah. felt like this episode yeah. was like the climax of his career. Like as a voice actor was mm-hmm. so brilliant. Yep. And I know they, they, I know they did motion capture on, um, uh, oh my gosh, uh, the original Darth Maul. Oh, Ray, Ray Park. Ray yeah. Park. Yeah. Um, I know they did motion capture on him. Yeah. And you can see that in the fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much um, so. But I wonder if they did motion capture on Sam Witwer um, because the facial expression on mm. Maul was so outstanding in this episode i thought um, that I, I was thinking i was i was thinking along the same lines but i was thinking that they got the facial reactions of ray park because it reminded me of of uh the facial expressions from episode one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like you forget it's like i mean you know the, the whole thing of like thinking of this as a cartoon is just it's not <laughs> right. yeah it's incredible yeah. how far this has come yeah these two episodes did not fit the um yeah, they they were a fantastic end to the Clone Wars to to tie it back into the the main canon because mm-hmm. they don't feel like that cartoon anymore. You know, yeah. it's like it, it's grown up. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and you see this character of Ahsoka, and then and all of a sudden, that, and that's that's you know, it really struck me in these two episodes. Like this has been Ahsoka's story, like the Clone Wars, and and I know that that she's the mm. fan favorite, and that's kind of it's kind of evolved from that. But then if you read if you read anything about when she was first uh, when she was first introduced, people hated the idea of, her, of like <laughs> Anakin never had an apprentice. What is this? This is ridiculous. Why would Anakin have this? And there you was know. like this huge backlash and uproar. And 
to see how far we've come from that, where she's cheered and she's mm-hmm. in all of these different, she touches basically everything in the, in the main canon of star Wars. Uh, it really is. It was a great, like a celebration of her character in these couple of episodes. And that, that final scene of her standing on that beam, yeah. uh, you know, the city burning behind her and just like, and that's it. And that's, that's she's all on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, <laughs> and we still we, we still have two more episodes. Yeah. I know. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, that's it's crazy. It's crazy to think we're as far into the story of the Clone Wars as we are, and mm-hmm. or into the the Revenge of the Sith as we are, and we've still got you know two more episodes of the Clone mm-hmm. Wars to watch. So. Yep. I want to jump back just briefly uh, to the motion capture of Ray Park. Um, if you follow him on Instagram. He, I, you could, you can totally, he likes to play with his, his lightsaber and put videos on Instagram. So like to see <laughs> that and then to see the, the same sort of, uh, movements in the, this episode was, was really cool. But also to point out that, um, Lauren Mary Kim did the, did the motion capture for Ahsoka Tano, um, mm-hmm. to, to, for the fight scenes with, with Maul. And she is the same person who did the stunt doubles for the armorer in the Mandalorian and Omara mm. in the Mandalorian. Ah, so oh, cool. That was that was another pretty pretty cool connection. Um, and then another kind of final random question that I have for you guys is: is this episode was called the Phantom Apprentice? Who does that refer to? <laughs> and again, yes, yeah. <laughs> all three of them. Yeah, you know him, her, you know Maul. Yeah, in some way, I think you could make that argument. Yep. Um, I I I picked Maul and, and Anakin, but I was totally Catholic and went both and. It's both. Of them. <laughs> so. Of well, I, I think too the the moment where uh, they're in that throne room and and Maul is basically offering for her to be his apprentice. Mm-hmm. Um, her response is not sure. I'll be your apprentice. Her response is I'll join you, yeah. but you have I to will. answer me something. Mm-hmm. You know, we are equals. If this is mm-hmm. going to happen, it's because we are equals. And and that that step up for her was just awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was yeah. Such a great moment. Cool. Do you guys have any other final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? Do we have to wait two more weeks? No, no, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. We we have to wait two weeks before we talk about it. But right. Yes. Um, but yeah, to just throw this out there, it, it Friday will release the next episode, and then on Monday, May the fourth, the final episode is going to drop. Yep. So, and I th- I think that's also. I mean, they got a big day plan because isn't that when the Disney Gallery thing launches too? Yep. I think starting. Yep, yeah. So yeah. And when the rise of Skywalker hits Disney Plus is streaming, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be a big day, big day, yeah. And we're doing a live stream ourselves, and right? We, yep. So mm-hmm. we are going to be doing a Facebook Live event at seven p.m. Mountain Time, so that's uh, nine p.m. Eastern, six p.m. Pacific. <laughs> if I can get this <laughs> good right in my head, Hold on. Um, see, we need galactic standard time. <laughs> yes, we do, at least on this show. So, so yeah. So next week, Monday, May the fourth. Uh, please join us on Facebook Live for um, a fun uh, episode where we will be devoting the entire the entire thing to what being a Star Wars fan means to us, and we'll talk. Um, we won't we won't get into spoilers in terms of the final episode of the Clone Wars, um, but we will talk about uh, you know some of the other newsworthy items that have come across in the recent months, um, the High Republic, um, etc. Those sorts of things. 
And uh, so, yeah, definitely join us and feel free to throw questions at us that we can answer on the show live for you, whether that's kind of the the Star Wars party questions, what color of a lightsaber would you have and those kind of things. You know, you can tweet us uh, or you can send us messages on Facebook or um, through our, our email as well. So send us questions beforehand, but also during the live show, um, I'll try to be watching the, the chat and uh, feel free to throw out questions there as well. So join us on Monday, May the 4th for, for that. And of course, may the 4th be with you all. <laughs> so and with your spirit. There it is. <laughs> yes. There it is. So, okay. Well, then that's it from us this evening. And of course, uh, as always, what did you guys, our listeners, think of these episodes of The Clone Wars? Definitely be sure to contact us and email us or comment on our Facebook or Twitter page to let us know. Our email is starwars at sqpn.com. And you can find StarQuest on Facebook at facebook.com slash starquestmedia and on Twitter at sqpn. And of course, we would like to take a moment right now to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including Pierre M., Mona B., Carolyn S., Father Brian, and Stephanie L. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the various shows that we make here at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, of course, be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or the like. Also, you can subscribe to us through the SQPN YouTube channel. And to find any previous episodes of The Secrets of Star Wars, please visit sqpn.com slash Star Wars. So, like we mentioned, next week is Monday, May the 4th, and we will do our Facebook Live that evening at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And we will then be getting back to our normal schedule the week after when we, at that point, we will review the final two episodes of Season 7 of The Clone Wars. So, definitely be sure be sure to tune in to Disney Plus and keep up on the final episodes before listening to us then. So, until next week... Angela Cialana, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. Oh, it's my pleasure, as always. Thomas Sanjurjo, thanks for joining us this evening. It was a wonderful conversation. Mike Creevy, thanks for joining us. Father, can I put a real quick, like, shameless prayer request in? Sure. Because we do have, uh, so baby girl Creevy number two is coming sometime soon so uh so if everybody could just please keep us in your prayers and uh, i will probably be in and out of shows for a couple of weeks probably after next week but who knows so (laughs) so thank you all for your prayers we're excited to share her with you all too awesome Awesome. absolutely and finally andrew hermes thanks for joining us this evening yes thank you and uh can we just all agree real quick that ahsoka will free darth maul on the next episode Mm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're all in agreement there i'm excited yeah. <laughs> and once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. <laughs>